Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting here from the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together, verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along, and if not, no problem, we'll put it all together for you. So let's get started. We're in uh, Psalm chapter 25 today, and we'll be studying chapter 25 and 26. Um, We'll uh, start off in in chapter 25. This is a a psalm that looks to me uh, like uh, the heart of of someone who's praying. This is David uh, writing these songs, but it just dives deep into David's heart the heart of uh, someone who has reflected back on on what his Savior has done. We've studied about the Good Shepherd, uh, the Great Shepherd, the Chief Shepherd, but now this is really a personal. The, the Psalms now kind of shift. These are more personal. What do you do? What's in your heart when you're praying? And maybe what's in your heart when you're trying to live life, when you're walking? So we'll jump right in uh, verse 1. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. Oh my God, in you I trust. Let me not be put to shame. Let not my enemies exult over me. Indeed, none who wait for you shall be put to shame. They shall be ashamed who are wantonly treacherous. So right off the bat, David is lifting up his whole soul to the Lord. This is a very personal thing. Um, He is... uh, He's letting the Lord know that with his entire heart, his entire soul, he wants to put his trust in the Lord. And um, the last thing he wants to do is be put to shame. Um, he doesn't want to lean on his own uh, self, his own wisdom. Um, that's kind of what sometimes we have to ground ourselves when we when we start off to pray or when we start off to to set our hearts right before the Lord. You know, a lot of times I think it's so easy for us to pray to the Lord with all our our list of things we want God to do for us. You know, Lord, please give me a better job. Please let all my friends like me. Please do this. Please do that. And you know, before he's this is not a a prayer to um ask for things Th- this request is to ask to know god and god's nature better um this is of course god's purpose and god's plan so that's where david's heart is is when he starts to pray and it really instructs us on a on a um a very 
righteous way of of praying to the Father. And um, of course, uh, he's praying not to be put to shame, um, that he can be found with a heart seeking after the Lord's will. Let not my enemies exult over me. Um, those who, who wait for you shall not be put to shame. None who wait for you. So really, waiting for God uh, to uh, answer you, waiting for God's purpose to be worked out in your life is um, uh, really an example of, of faith. Our faith is not a feeling. You know, this is a really important principle that we studied back in Galatians. Faith is not a feeling. In other words, you see a great sunset, you see something going your way, or you see people responding to you, and that makes you feel better about yourself, or you feel better about your maybe your Christian faith for some reason. If you if you try to share your faith with others and they like you, that makes you feel better. It's not how you feel. It's really not about how you and I feel. It, faith in the Lord is just basically trusting in Him, waiting on the Lord, waiting on the Lord's purpose and plan for you, not how we feel. That's trust. That's faith. Um, and that's, I think, a good example of where our hearts need to be when we pray. In verse 4, Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all the day long. This is a prayer for guidance. David wants to know not only God's ways, God's path, God's truth, God's instruction, and he, he, that's only through those ways, only through following the Lord's ways, the Lord's paths, will David find salvation. And he'll wait all day long for God's guidance. So again, this is the king of Israel putting himself in a position to have to to wait on God to know. This is guidance. So he's he's starting out with a heart of trust. Now he's praying for God's guidance. You know, that's probably worth more than all the gold that he had in the treasury uh, when he was praying like that. Verse 6, Remember your mercy, O God, and your steadfast love, for they have been from old. Remember not the sins of my youth nor my transgressions. According to your steadfast love, remember me for the sake of your goodness, O Lord. David's praying for forgiveness. He's praying for mercy. And he's praying because he knows that the Lord, our Father in heaven, has a complete steadfast love for us, for those who love him who those who repent, and uh, he's praying for forgiveness. Again, David's heart was pure from the Lord from when he was a time for him. He was a little shepherd boy. He did fall into sin. He was not a perfect king. There's only one perfect king. That's Jesus Christ. David did fall into sin. He, um, you know, he had lust for the wife of one of his commanders, and of course, uh, he ended up... Um, uh, falling into sin like that and then tried to cover it up, tried to send the commander to the front lines so the commander would actually be killed in battle. 
Um, and that eventually happened, and he, David tried to cover it up, and of course the prophet Samuel called him out on it, and then David was, you know, um, hated by his son Absalom, who thought that maybe he could kill his own father and then take the crown. Um, but, you know, David for a period of time was in sin and sort of on the run once again for him, but then David's heart, what did David do? Uh, David repented from his sins, and David... Um, you know, found forgiveness. So David's life kind of models the imperfect nature of man. Uh, there was only one perfect king, but David's heart was so for the Lord. He was always focused on the Lord. Even though David stumbled, he got back up. It's kind of a model for us too. We we stumble too. We can get back up. We can find forgiveness of the Lord. And forgiveness is a powerful thing to pray for. And it shows that of course, David is is showing that to us too. We can always uh, um, uh, pray for not only in trust for the Lord, in guidance for the Lord, but forgiveness. Um, and again, this points towards the gospel message. The gospel message is totally about forgiveness. It's totally about Jesus Christ and uh, God trying to um, ask his people over and over and over to repent. Um, so, uh, verse 8, Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, He instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble His way. All the paths of the Lord are steadfast, love and faithfulness for those who keep His covenant and His testimonies. So, he's praying um for uh, the Lord's goodness and mercy to be upon him. Uh, so not only has he prayed for forgiveness, a very logical prayer now, he's, he's praying not only, not only for that, but for the goodness and the mercy to be um, given to him. Goodness and upright is the Lord. He instructs the sinners. He leads the humble. He teaches the humble. All of the paths of the Lord um, are steadfast and true and faithful. So God's goodness and mercy is there for David. It's there for me and you when we uh, commit ourselves not only to be forgiven, but also to walk like we are forgiven, to to walk in the paths of of um, of of the of the Father, and uh, with a humble heart, with a heart that's ready to be taught, ready to be instructed, ready to learn from the Lord, not hard-headed and trying to be forgiven and then walk in our own way, you know? It's easy to pray to be forgiven, you know, oh, please forgive me. You know, like a little kid says, Mommy, please forgive me. Daddy, please forgive me. But you can say, I forgive you, but you you want to instruct the little child to learn from the the, the sin or to learn from the the the, the times of when you... you did not walk the right way or do the right thing. A little kid who just keeps asking to be forgiven over and over and over without actually growing into maturity uh, is a is a little child who who never grows. So, um, for your namesake, O Lord, pardon my guilt, for it is great. Who um, is the man who fears the Lord? Him. Will he instruct in the way that he should choose? His soul 
shall abide in well-being, and his offspring shall inherit the land. The friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him, and he makes known to them his covenant. My eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he will pluck my feet out of the net. So what's what's going on here? Um, he is now praying with a sort of a confidence in the Lord's friendship. He's praying now with the confidence. Um, who is the man who fears the Lord? Um, him will he instruct in the way that he should choose. So if if you fear the Lord, if you are ready to learn from God's word, if you are ready to let the Holy Spirit um, be with you and uh, teach you and uh, let God move in your world um, and learn from the examples of the scriptures um, and sort of um, do so with a proper heart. Um, that's a person whose heart is is not centered around uh, oneself. It's centered around uh, the Lord's will, not our will. And um, the friendship, he's talking about the friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him. Um, those who, who repent, who focus on God's will, not our will, those are people who actually love the Lord. And that's a heart that's not a hardened heart. That's a heart that is able to allow the Holy Spirit to dwell in you. So he's talking about this confidence that he has, that the that he has a friendship that we have a friendship. We have we're not only a friendship, but we're adopted as sons and daughters, as when we can, um, we have Jesus Christ that allows us to approach the Father in heaven. So this is pointing to. Um, to this gospel message, to this adoption of sons and daughters, that we have this inheritance. Not only will Israel inherit the land, we will inherit something even more valuable, this, um, this uh, citizenship in heaven, this uh, kinship that we have to the Father in heaven, to this friendship to the Lord Jesus. He makes known to them his covenant. And this points again to this new covenant coming up, this covenant, this new promise, this eternal promise. So David's eyes, he says, are forever, uh, are ever towards the Lord. And he has complete trust and confidence that the Lord will be there to pluck him out of the net, the snares of sin. Uh, again, this is David's heart being towards the Lord. So then in verse 16, Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. The troubles of my heart are enlarged. Bring me out of my distress. Consider my affliction and my trouble and forgive all my sins. Consider how many are my foes and with what violent hatred they hate me. Oh, guard my soul and deliver me. Let me not be put to shame, for I take refuge in you. May integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait for you. Redeem Israel, O God, 
out of his troubles. So from 16 on down, this is uh, a prayer that, uh, again, a prayer for uh, forgiveness and protection. Um, David is praying sort of as a way to close it out, close out this prayer, um, the, the times of trouble, whatever. It's kind of a forward thinking into the prayer. So when times are, when when his heart is troubled or he faces trouble, uh, he's lonely, he's afflicted, um, distress, uh, in sin, uh, people against him, violence against him, hatred against him, uh, under attack. Um, don't we all feel this from time to time? Um, well, David's feeling it, and he's actually not only praying it for himself, he's praying it for all of the people, for the nation of Israel. He's talking about, during all this, please guard my soul and deliver me. Um, don't Let me not be put to shame, for I take refuge in you. If you take refuge in the world, you'll sort of be put to shame, because that is is man's philosophy that is man's wisdom not god's so the easiest temptation in times of trouble would be to allow yourself allow your heart to be defeated don't be defeated in times of trouble david is saying lean on the lord in times of trouble god is my refuge my safe place in times of trouble so don't don't be put to shame don't be defeated in times of trouble Put your trust in the Lord and take your refuge in God's word and God's purpose and God's plan. You'll be put to shame every time if you put your trust in the world. May my may integrity and uprightness preserve me. That's the Father's uprightness, the Father's integrity. Preserve him. For I wait for you. David, again, in, in times of trouble, it's this forward prayer. He's waiting on the Lord, just like the nation of Israel is waiting for the Messiah, for the Lord to come. David is waiting for, for the nation to be delivered um, and redeem Israel. Redeem Israel, oh God, out of all his troubles. Redeem Israel, uh, again, how are we redeemed? How is Israel redeemed? Through forgiveness of the Father in heaven. Now, again, when the when um, the people were praying this prayer and worshiping with this, they were worshiping. They were not quite sure how it was going to happen, but they were they were worshiping the act of being forgiven, the act of faithfulness in God the Father in heaven. And isn't it interesting that uh, we have this ability now to see the New Testament to see God fulfilling this prayer. You know, Jesus comes. But again, we're sort of in the same position too because when we pray now, we don't necessarily know how God's going to fulfill things just like they didn't know how God's going to fulfill things. So we have to wait on the Lord too. Even though we have the New Testament and we know Jesus came and Jesus already did things and we already know that it's faith in Jesus plus nothing else. We don't just sit around and just say, well, Jesus came and I don't have to do anything. We still require faith. We still require um, patience to wait on the on God's timetable. We don't know how things are going to get worked out 
in our life, just like David didn't know. David had to wait, you know, and David was the fellow who slew Goliath, but David still, he didn't know how things were going to get worked out. So what did David just pray for? David just prayed for whatever's coming my way. I pray that I can, you know, wait on you, Father, in your forgiveness, in your protection. And and uh, and he prayed that for his people. So again, that's sort of a prayer for us today too. All of the 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 um, um, offspring from from um, from this from God's people will um, will be waiting and bring and that when we when we wait on the Lord, we bring honor to Him because that shows our faith. So that was a really cool prayer. Um, really showing the heart of David as he prays, very personal prayer um, that we can glean a lot um, glean a lot of information of the heart of David. So in verse in chapter 26, um, this is a is a really cool psalm too. Um, we'll start with verse one, vindicate me, O Lord, for I have walked in my integrity and I have trusted in the Lord without wavering. Prove me, O Lord, and try me. Test my heart and my mind. For your steadfast love is before my eyes, and I walk in your faithfulness. This is a, another personal prayer. He's talking about, you know, he's asking to be vindicated. And he's talking about walking in integrity because he's placed his faith in the Lord, in the in Father in heaven. He's talking about, you know, He's wanting to be proved. He's wanting to be, uh, he's talking about, you know, walking in integrity, trusting in the Lord without wavering. Um, you know, again, these first three verses are talking about um, walking in, you know, your faithfulness. Um, it's not saying that he is perfect, you know. Uh, and again, it's not saying that his deeds matter, but what it is saying is, is that when someone with the heart that is after the Father in heaven, we have this confidence that because God is with us, we can walk um, in His ways with His purpose, and it's it's a it's it's like how we learned in Galatians to walk by the Spirit. And when we walk by the Spirit, we have um, our faith is put into action. So this prayer is a prayer that I think we will, I'll sort of think about. It draws me back to Galatians when we were talking about how we walk in the Spirit. And I'll just go back to Galatians 5. I'll read in, in verse 16, 18, 22, and 25. But but I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under law. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. And as Dr. McGee had pointed out, keeping in step with the Spirit is sort of translated by Keeping in step um, by the Spirit, it sort of translates down to like, you know, walking, falling, getting up, 
you know, walking, falling, getting up, like almost like a like a, a child walking uh, in step. So if we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us keep in step like a little child is trying to keep in step with the Father that's walking beside them. Maybe the Father's holding the hand of the little child. The little child may stumble and try to learn to walk. That's kind of keeping in step by the Spirit. So this is a prayer. Uh, I believe, you know, it, it just touches my heart that it's someone who's who's walking, for I have walked in my integrity. I have trusted in the Lord. It, 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 again, these references to walking with this trust, with this faith in the Lord. Prove me, O Lord, and try me, test my heart and my mind. Again, he's saying, I want to walk in your ways, Lord. It's not saying judge me because all men are going to be judged sinners, but he's saying, judge me and prove me, test my heart and my mind. Keep me honest. Let me walk by the Spirit um, with the Spirit, let me continue to try to walk in your ways. For your steadfast love is before my eyes, and I walk in your faithfulness. In other words, he's not walking under his own power. He's walking um, with God's ever-loving arms around him. That's the kind of the heart. that We, we saw David's heart in, in, the, in the last Psalm, Psalm 25, David's heart as he prayed. Now, this is David's heart as he walks. In verse 4, I do not sit with men of falsehood, nor do I consort with hypocrites. I hate the assembly of evildoers, and I do not, and I will not sit with the wicked. I wash my hands in innocence and go, and go around your altar, O Lord, proclaiming thanksgiving aloud and telling all your wondrous deeds. O oh Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. So he's got this heart to walk in faithfulness. And so what does that heart do? How does What is the heart of David as he walks? Well, again, he, he walks towards things that please God, you know? So again, He's sort of the, the, the fruits of the Spirit, as we said, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and goodness, and faithfulness. You know, that's the fruit of the Spirit. So the fruit of how we walk is sort of our actions. You know, actions speak louder than words, as we hear. But faith does lead to action. And David's saying that through his faith, he's trying to stay away from sin, and he proclaims his thanksgiving aloud. It's, it's, uh, you can see where David's heart is in the way he walks and the things that he says. You know, he's proclaiming thanksgiving, thanks be to the Father in heaven, and really telling of, of all the wondrous deeds uh, from the Lord. It's not his wondrous deeds. He doesn't go around saying, oh, you know, look at me. I conquered all the nations and I slayed Goliath. You know, this is a guy who could brag if you want to be a bragger. But David's David doesn't David's heart is for the Lord. So you so when our heart is for the Lord, we see that played out in how whatever we think and say and do. In verse nine, do not sweep my soul away with sinners, nor my life with bloodthirsty men, in whose hands are evil devices and whose right hands are full of bribes. You know, David doesn't want to go 
that direction. In verse 11, But as for me, I shall walk in my integrity. Redeem me and be gracious to me. My foot stands on level ground. In the great assembly, I will bless the Lord. So what is he saying? He wants to walk in the integrity that he has that comes from the Father in heaven. Not from him himself. No, his uh, he, but he has that, and we have that when we walk in the ways of the Lord, when we keep the Lord's word, when we follow the Lord's direction, when we follow our shepherd, the direction of our shepherd. We walk in the integrity that we have from the Father. We have a, a shepherd who will not lose one single sheep. We have a good shepherd. David's just been singing psalms about the Good Shepherd. We have a Father in Heaven who wants to redeem us and be gracious to us. And we need to, David prays, to stand on solid ground, to stand on level ground. That is being led by the Father, by the Shepherd. And when you do that, in the great assembly, I will bless the Lord. We will complete the Lord's glory. We will glorify God when we trust in Him, when we walk in His ways, when we follow our shepherd and, and seek the solid ground to be led from. This is what, this is what uh, you know, we talk about being led by the shepherd. Well, this is David's heart as he walks and follows the shepherd. So we kind of talked about the good shepherd, the great shepherd, the chief shepherd, and then we talk about what is the heart of the sheep, you know, David's prayer, what is the heart of one who follows, and then how does the sheep walk behind the shepherd? This is David's heart as he walks behind the shepherd. Wow, (laughs) really cool. Uh, It just really... um, is encouraging uh, to to read these psalms. I hope they're helpful to you. So this is the part where I'll turn the podcast over to my co-host, Matali, who's podcasting from Zambia. So for me, God bless you, and I'll see you next time, and I'll give it to you, Matali.